United States Institute of Peace, along with Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124, now present their weekly podcast. Leo Siebert is the United States Institute of Peace Tunisia Country Manager. Ms. Roli oversees design, implementation, and evaluation of USIP's programs in Tunisia, which include community policing, security sector reform, preventing violent extremism, inclusive governance, decentralization support, and synergizing nonviolent action and peace-building approaches. Big lift these days in Tunisia. Leo, good morning. Good morning, Julie. Nice to be with you. Thanks yeah, for having me. It's great to have you. So take us back in time. Last summer in Tunisia, a lot of drama. Indeed. Um, so, uh, you know, this was about 10 around the 10 year anniversary of Tunisia's revolution, um, which took place in 2011, which started the Arab Spring uprisings across uh, the Middle East and North Africa. So that was 2011. Ten years later, last summer, um, amidst, you know, two years of a very difficult um, pandemic, economic crisis, uh, continuous lockdowns related to the pandemic, travel restrictions, record deaths from the coronavirus, um, increasing unrest, police violence, and an economic crisis compounded by the pandemic. Uh, Tunisians had really kind of reached a breaking point in their frustration with the previous government um, of Prime Minister Hisham Mashishi. So um, the president, who was elected in 2019 on a platform of anti-corruption and, you know, bringing the rule of law back to the state and restoring dignity to the Tunisian people, he took abrupt and dramatic action and froze the parliament, dismissed the prime minister, and set in motion a roadmap to revise Tunisia's constitution and political system. And re- remember, this is 10 years after a revolution where they had just revised their political system and, and instituted a democracy. But he had argued that the democracy that was created after the revolution had been hijacked by the political class and by the elite and had not delivered on the revolutionary demands of the people for freedom, Mm. for justice, for dignity. Um, And so, you know, his claims and his actions uh, last summer really resonated with the people and he's had a lot of support for these actions. However, more recently, Uh, There's growing concern that he is not interested in democracy and is interested in um, installing himself as a new kind of authoritarian figure, uh, similar to to previous previous dictatorships that Tunisia has had to grapple with. It reminds me a lot of Erdogan, you know, talking up a big game and then like, you know, kind of shifting a little bit and going a little more hardcore authoritarian. Indeed. Yeah. Um, there's, you know, growing concern uh, within Tunisia that that all of the kind of jubilation last summer um, when when he froze the parliament and announced this big kind of political reform project, all of that jubilation is now shifting to um, kind of apprehensiveness and fear that uh, things may not be going in the right direction in Tunisia. So this new president, um, Kais Syed, is that how you say his name? Yep, Syed, yep. Kai Syed. He's a, a former uh, law professor. And as you say, it's not really clear what his intentions are, but there are some warning signs. 
That's exactly right. So, so what's very interesting about this president is that he uh, is a political novice. In 2019 was the first time that he had ever entered politics, and he was elected um, in, a, in a sweeping majority of something like 75% of the vote in the second round. Um, exactly because of that fact, he was seen as someone not part of the political elite from the outside who could come in and clean up politics. And having a constitutional law background, being a constitutional law professor, you know, his kind of vision and view on the ills of Tunisia and the problems with uh, what's, ha- what's been happening in the country and why no one is happy with, with uh, what's happening in the country over the last 10 years, to him, it comes down to the constitution. He sees that there needs to be a, uh, a new constitution that restores a strong presidency. Mm. His diagnosis of the ills in Tunisia is that the president was made too weak. He had to share power with the prime minister. There was too much power given to the legislative branch. And there were too many power structures and power uh, centers of power within the government such that it couldn't function properly. No, there was no one who could take direct decisive action and lead the country in the right direction. He's claiming that he's the one who can do this now. Hmm. That's never reassuring, is it, it, when someone takes power and then claims that the problem is other people have power and he needs more unto himself. This is that's exactly right, Julie. And that's what, you know, Tunisians are are very afraid of now. However, there there is growing um, resistance to to the president because he's facing um, two uphill battles, both on the economy and on his political reform project. Um, the economy is in very uh, dire conditions. Eighty-seven um, percent uh, debt is at eighty-seven percent of GDP. The country can't afford to fund um, its national spending, and it needs seven billion dollars in um, new debt in order to be able to fund its budget. Uh, the main uh, funder for Tunisia for for loans is the IMF. Um, and the IMF has been reluctant to provide Tunisia with a new loan because Tunisia has not um, convinced the IMF and the West in general that it is willing to take the difficult, painful austerity reforms that are necessary. Tunisia is dealing with uh, high inflation. Prices are skyrocketing. The middle class is disappearing. The poor are getting poorer and the rich are getting richer. And in this environment, um, the prospect of increasing austerity, cutting spending, cutting government jobs, freezing government salaries um, is untenable to the Tunisian public. And this is what the IMF is demanding. So this makes the prospects for getting additional loans from the IMF to fund the budget even more challenging. On the other front, he has the president has this political reform project that he's undertaking, and he's doing so in a, in a unilateral way, as you mentioned, truly. He's saying, I'm the only one with the vision to reform the politics of Tunisia, the political system, and I'm not going to. And he hasn't let other political parties and other parts of Tunisia's um, kind of power structures, business community, civil society, um, other political parties join in this process to make it inclusive. And so because of that, uh, political uh, opposition to the president is growing and the National Labor Union, which is very powerful in Tunisia, has been organizing strikes. And just last week, they were able, able to organize a strike large enough to shut down the entire public 
sector for one full day. No flights, no trains, no buses, no public services, just to demonstrate how powerful they still are and to um, demonstrate the public's uh, discontent with the president's approach to reforming the political system. Well, but Leah, what, uh, what recourse do the people have other than just getting really mad? Well, that's exactly the problem, um, Julie. There are no viable political opportun- uh, alternatives at this point. Um, and this is why the president will very likely be able to um, kind of push through his political project. On July 25th, there's a referendum scheduled um, for a yes or no vote on a new constitution that is by and large um, designed and written by him and um, you know, his team, basically. And while there's broad, gr- while there's growing opposition um, to the way in which the president is going about reforming uh, the political structure, there is no viable op- uh, alternative to the president. Political parties are out of favor uh, because of the kind of economic stagnation and malaise of the last 10 years, which the public holds them responsible for. And in this kind of vacuum of a viable opposition, um, there is very little that the public can do other than um, organize themselves and, um, you know, go out in the streets and demonstrate. But we have to remember that the president is still popular, despite, um, despite you know, the kind of authoritarian approach that he's taking, his rhetoric remains about fighting corruption, about improving all of the problems, dealing with all of the problems that haven't been dealt with over the last 10 years since the revolution. And Tunisians still want to believe in something, want to have hope that, um, you know, a better future is possible. And so many still put their faith in the president. However, I think it's only a matter of time before, um, you know, opposition continues to grow and the opposition does organize and present some alternatives to the president's plan. It's just a question of when. Wow. Leo Siebert, United States Institute of Peace, Tunisia country manager. Leo, you stay safe there. Thanks for checking in. Thanks, Julie. Nice to be with you. Take care. This podcast has been brought to you by the United States Institute of Peace and Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124.